Good morning. I'm John, and this is the Daily Wrestling News Show for September 22nd. On this day in 1997, WWF Raw aired live from Madison Square Garden in the heart of New York City. This iconic building had long been the home base for the WWF in the most famous city in the world. But what absolutely iconic wrestling first happened on this day in wrestling history. Hey there, if you're listening to this, then chances are you love wrestling. And if you care to continue the conversation with me, John, and other listeners of this show, then I invite you to join the Daily Wrestling News Show Facebook group. Just search for Daily Wrestling News Show or go to facebook.com slash groups slash wrestling news show and click join. We cannot wait to meet you there. The group is brand new, so if you're one of the first to join, don't be afraid to say hi. Now, on with the show. The show opened by paying homage to the legacy of special moments that took place here in the world's most famous arena. From Superfly coming off the top of the steel cage, San Martino's series of sold-out matches with Gorilla Monsoon, and Piper smashing Albano over the head with the gold record, to Andre slamming Big John Studd, WrestleMania's 1 in 10, and the wedding of Randy Savage and Miss Elizabeth. This episode takes place during the famous 83 weeks where Raw is being dominated in the ratings by Nitro. From the sources I was able to find, Nitro was no longer doubling Raw in the ratings, but was still pulling in about one and a half times the viewership. But this night was special, and when you look at the show as a whole, it's almost impossible to break it down to one segment or another, because every segment is related or intertwined with other moments in the evening. It's actually quite masterfully done, and something that's sorely missing these days. There's literally no filler. We kick off with the Nation of Domination leading Rocky Maivia to the ring for his match against former Nation member Ahmed Johnson. These were the days of the die Rocky die signs and Rocky sucks chance. Ahmed Johnson would win with a Pearl River plunge and move on in the tournament to crown a new intercontinental champion as the title was recently vacated by Stone Cold Steve Austin. Dear God, I almost forgot how much I loathe Vince McMahon the commentator busting blood vessels to try and get over the talent he's hoping to see rise, only to be betrayed by the fact that his overblown commentary is most obvious when the crowd is decidedly not behind the people he's killing himself to put over. But back to Stone Cold, who is as genuinely over as anyone in the history of the business. Austin appears in the crowd and can barely be seen on cameras among the mob of fans surrounding him. It was always a treat to go to an MSG show because you knew you would see some random legends or Hall of Famers, not just on TV that night, but walking around the building. On this night, though, the fans got to rub elbows momentarily with the meteor that was Stone Cold Steve Austin as he popped up in the crowd to vent his frustration. Austin had been stripped two weeks prior of both the tag titles that he shared with Dude Love and the Intercontinental title that he got injured in the process of winning from Owen Hart. He was supposed to be home recovering, but showed up on Raw to let the world know that, quote, someone is going to get their ass kicked tonight, and that's the bottom line, end quote. Next, we see footage of Shawn Michaels beating the British Bulldog for the European Championship in Birmingham, England, two days prior, with plenty of help from DX. Next up for HBK is The Undertaker inside the first ever Hell in a Cell, with the winner going on to face the WWF Champion at Survivor Series. I'm pretty sure I don't have to tell you how either of those matches turned out, or just how significant in the history of wrestling those nights were. Undertaker is interviewed by Vince in the ring, 
but is quickly interrupted by Michaels, who pops out in front of the Tron to let us know he's the first performer in the history of the company to hold every male title. Or as we would say these days, the first ever Grand Slam champion. This segment would end without physicality between the two, but neither Sean nor Taker were done for the evening. Michaels would make his way to the ring later that evening, just before the main event, with a steel chair. He called out The Undertaker and set him up to be jumped on the ramp by Triple H, then ganged up on by HBK, Rick Rude, and China, before the four would scatter as Taker fought through it all and made his way back to his feet. The main event would see champion Bret Hart take on a very frustrated Goldust in a non-title affair. Goldust puts up a hell of a fight against the champ, but both men are distracted. Goldust is fuming over recently losing his wife Marlena's services as a valet to Hart Foundation member Brian Pillman, and Brett is constantly glancing back up the entry ramp where Shawn Michaels has once again appeared and has a comfy seat in front of the Titantron. Goldust eventually taps to a sharpshooter, but because of his bad mood, Brett doesn't let go. This turns out to bite him in the ass though when it gives Michaels time to attack from behind while Brett is still intertwined with Goldust. The attack brings out a mob of cohorts on both sides. Triple H, Owen Hart, British Bulldog, Rick Rude, Jim Neidhart. The chaos spills from the ring to the floor until only Brett and Sean are left. That is until The Undertaker slides in and ends the night by chokeslamming both men simultaneously. That's a pretty interesting show right there, certainly by today's standards. But I skipped the guts of the show because that's where things really got crazy. Remember how Raw used to just be two hours? And you remember how at the top of the second hour, we would get some fresh pyro and Raw is War would turn into the War Zone, like it was almost the start of its own second show. Well, on this night, either side of that pyrotechnical reset point saw a very noteworthy segment. The War Zone kicked off with Hunter Hearst Helmsley, the reigning king of the ring, scheduled to meet Dude Love in a Falls Count Anywhere match. But the dude would appear on the Tron to explain how such an extreme encounter was simply not his bag, man. But no fear, the dude knows someone for whom it absolutely is his bag. Enter Mankind. Mankind is more than willing to destroy Triple H. Still, he's even more willing to magnanimously step aside for a man who's even more eager to do horrible things. A man never before seen in the WWF. Hell, most people thought this man was dead. Ladies and gentlemen, Cactus Jack is back, and the fans immediately erupt into chants of EC Dub, EC Dub. The match starts with a garbage can off Hunter's skull. And before you can even think to yourself, gee, I wonder how soon, yeah, don't bother. China has already attacked and sent Cactus over the rail and into the crowd. Hunter follows, and they brawl to the backstage area where Hunter thinks he's pinjacked on the cold tiles of the MSG hallway, but as the ref is explaining that the match isn't over, Cactus finds a fire extinguisher and blinds Hunter and beats him all the way back to the ring. China runs Jack into the steps to give Hunter a breather. Hunter wears out Cactus with a mop handle, then a chair. Then Jack buys himself some time with a mule kick and follows it with a sunset bomb from the apron to the floor and records a two count. China gets Jack's attention with a solid chair shot to the head and when Cactus pursues her, 
Hunter runs Jack into the ring steps, but China gets caught in the middle and takes the worst of it. Triple H and Cactus head up the ramp. Hunter finds another garbage can to use as a weapon, followed by a snow shovel. Then out comes the table. Triple H sets Jack up for a pedigree, but it gets stopped by an uppercut to the Helmsley family jewels. A cactus driver puts both men through the table, and Jack falls into a cover for the three count. He can barely stand at this point, but bang bang. So there you have it, the iconic debut of Cactus Jack in the WWF. King of the Japanese Deathmatch, the most hardcore of the hardcore. Now that made this one hell of a memorable show. And under normal circumstances, that might have been what I was referring to as the iconic moment of the night, but I'm leaving out one segment. While this False Count Anywhere match kicked off the second hour with some mayhem, the first hour ended in utter chaos. It was just supposed to be a match between Owen Hart and Brian Pillman in the Intercontinental Championship Tournament that I mentioned earlier. Owen and his slammies were escorted to the ring by four of NYPD's finest, knowing that he might not be safe on this evening. Pillman made his way to the ring with his arm in a sling, claiming that hijinks with Goldust's wife led to him slipping and injuring himself. He's ready to forfeit and allow fellow Hart family member Owen to move on in the tournament. But Commissioner Slaughter isn't buying this ruse and tosses his microphone at Pillman, who of course snags it with the injured arm as if by reflex, so the match is on. It goes just long enough to see these teammates get testy with one another. But when Goldust interferes by punching Owen, the match gets thrown out, and Owen is pleased because he's moving on in the tournament via disqualification as the referees restrain Goldust and Pillman flees with Marlena. But while Owen addresses the crowd and dedicates the match to his loving brother Brett, Stone Cold Steve Austin would reemerge to attack Owen from behind. Owen's security for the evening quickly got involved. It was a scene that felt maybe a little too real. Here were four NYPD officers in the ring, several with their billy clubs drawn, backing Stone Cold into a corner to save Owens behind. Before things got downright dangerous, Vince jumped up out of his chair at the commentary desk and got in the ring. He convinced the officers to back off and let him try to handle the situation. Vince tries the kind and gentle approach. He reminds Austin that it's the doctors who said he couldn't compete. He was stripped of his titles because the WWF cares about Stone Cold and doesn't want any long-term damage to befall him. He's just got to work within the system and everything will turn out okay. Well, Austin just can't stand sitting at home doing nothing. And while he appreciates the fact that Vince and the WWF care, they can kiss his ass. And then it happened. Something that would become so commonplace in the future that you almost don't blink seeing it now, but at the time, on this night, it was unthinkable. Stone Cold Steve Austin stunned Vince McMahon. Sure, it would happen a hundred more times in the future, but this was the very first time. On TV, Vince was just the over-the-top commentary guy who hadn't yet figured out that he should step aside and let King and JR become the legendary two-man team they were meant to be. But we were far enough from the days of ironclad kayfabe that everyone knew Vince was the boss. Austin had just hit his finisher on the man who owns and runs the company. This was unheard of. Austin was subdued, cuffed, and let out of the building. 
Now, Lawler's always ready to throw anyone under the bus from the commentary desk, but on this night, even good old JR is shook by this moment and sees no way that Austin keeps his job under these circumstances. It's an iconic moment in wrestling history, and it happened on this day in 1997. This has been the Daily Wrestling News Show for September 22nd, 2022. We'll see you tomorrow.